We need to talk about the wolf in sheep's clothing, or shall I dare say, the atheist in religious clothing today. Coming up. Ooh, I like it. All right, welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I am sweaty? <laughs> you have to say your name. Oh, I'm Crypto. <laughs> All right, if you are new to this channel, please be aware that we go heavy, heavy into detail on the stories that we read, really bringing out the meanings and some of the symbolism behind it. If you are down for literature discussions like that, please hit the subscribe button. Now, today we are doing Sweat by Zora Neale Hurston, and you can read for free. We will put a link in the description below. All right, so this work was first published in a magazine called Fire in 1926. Now, Zora Neale Hurston was an American anthropologist was at the front of the Harlem Renaissance as a writer. She wrote about the black community, and there's actually no white people in the story, interestingly enough. But we do have their influence. We have racism, gender inequality, spiritual challenges, and she's writing to all of them in this work. This is such an incredible short story to have tackled all of these. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that sometimes we have stories that try to cram too much in and do a poor job in maybe an entire novel, and here she does what they don't. She takes a lot of very, very, very complex, meaningful issues and nails it in a short piece. All right, so some real quick information about her is that she believed in self-help. She was not religious in the sense at all and was even considered an atheist, which is interesting given her most famous novel is Their Eyes Were Watching God. But this is absolutely something that we're going to look more into. I think this is uh, this is something I read in college. I'm revisiting because I wanted to compare this to the yellow wallpaper. Let's jump into today's story. One thing we should mention real quick here about this story is the juxtaposition and the high prose of the story because this is written in a specific vernacular that is going to emphasize the African-American dialect from this time period. And that's done very, very specifically. I believe there actually are whole papers written on the dialect that she uses, like a Floridan Southern dialect. So this won't be the video for that, but we definitely acknowledge that that was a very interesting and engaging part of this story. Now for plot, speaking of Florida, we are in a small Florida village and Delia, I'm going to say Delia. I don't know if it's Delia, Delia. I'm going with Delia. <laughs> Delia is a washerwoman who works long hours. Her husband Sykes feeds off her hard work by spending her money on another woman and has abused Delia for 15 years of their marriage. Sykes takes advantage of Delia's fear of snakes when he brings one home to scare her. Meanwhile, the townsmen discuss how Delia was once young and beautiful. However, they do nothing to help her. One day, Sykes leaves a rattlesnake in Delia's washing clothes. Delia returns home from church to find the snake and escapes the home unharmed. Sykes soon returns home to check on Delia and is fatally wounded by the rattlesnake when entering the home. Delia waits below a chinaberry tree, ignoring his pleas for aid and plot. It's crazy how much is crammed in there in such a short story. It really is. It really is. Now, just a quick note I want to bring up from the Wikipedia page, because I feel like when I've read some papers, and I remember when we were in class, some people were like, well, she's on a Christ-like journey, and we had a good discussion about that, and I, and I want to challenge that thought if that, that was your takeaway. Because here's a quote from, from the Wikipedia on uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Prayer seems to me a cry of weakness, an attempt to avoid by trickery the rules of the game as laid down. I do not choose to admit weakness. I accept the challenge of responsibility. Life as it is does not frighten me, since I have made my peace with the universe as I find it, and bow to its laws. So very quickly, we start to see that Zora Neale Hurston is not writing to try to make a, a religious point. She's actually kind of countering it, where she says, these aren't the rules, and it's a weakness to admit that these aren't the rules of the universe. Now, she was raised in a Baptist church, 
But in an autobiographical claim, she says that she questioned God even as a child. And you'll see that she really plays with this concept of religion through the story, almost kind of setting up a Christ-like journey of a woman suffering. But then she really kind of twists it and kind of mocks it in a few ways. So let's go through this today very carefully, because I think it's very nuanced, to, to be fair. Now, I want to talk about three things that kind of oppress Delia and how she handles those three things. So okay. let's start with probably the most important for Jim Crow era. You, you can't skip this. The laundry. Okay. And I think this is more representative of the racial divide in terms of the white people having her do the laundry, working day in, day out to make money, basically. Sure. The clothes represent the white people. The laundry being white, it being dirty. Yeah. Uh, Sykes, he specifically calls out that the, the laundry was for the white people and stomps on it, which also kind of shows that Sykes also has an issue with, with the racial divide. Uh, I remember reading a paper a long time ago, not on this story, but just on the black community in general. And it talked about, well, okay, black men were systematically oppressed by white individuals. Black people could not oppress white women. They couldn't oppress white men. So therefore, they oppressed their own black women. So therefore, black women were kind of at the totem pole of the, the stick when it came to taking beatings and just having... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty evident in this story. We have the quote, sweat, 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 work and sweat, cry and sweat, pray and sweat. And that was probably my favorite quote of this whole piece. Yeah, that one's good. That one's great. But you'll also notice the whip, right? The whip was a traditional form of beating slaves and, and you know subjugating them and he puts that on her as well using what she thought was a snake but a way of oppressing her fearing her into you know his his control if you will manipulating her now did you think it was more symbolic with that being the representation of snake snake in the garden going with the religious connection there yeah i think for sure i mean you have these these quotes from here which you can't ignore right delia's work-worn knees crawled over the earth in Jethesamain, and up the rocks of Calvary many, many times during these months. And as you know, that those are two sites where Jesus was arrested. Calvary was where, uh, I believe, the crucifixion took place. So you have her starting that religious journey in a sense of her being oppressed in the same way that Jesus was constantly... I mean, did anyone like Jesus besides his disciples? Like, everyone kind of, like, hated him, basically. <laughs> and I can see that connection of, of her, nobody really liking her, or they ignore her, like many people maybe did of Jesus. Like, oh, he's that guy over there doing his thing. We're going to ignore that. I think this is, there's too many differences to say that this is a straight Jesus biblical uh, story. Well, they even kind of mock it a little bit here, because remember when he puts the whip, it, the, the fake snake on her, she says, well, it's a sin to scare me like that. She's kind of mocking the view of sin, because that is definitely an exaggeration when it comes to sin. Yeah, for sure. So continuing down that religious path, right? Keep the Holy Day Sabbath. Do you have any thoughts on that in the story? It talks a little bit about like Delia being like a hypocrite for taking work on Sunday on the Holy Day. But then kind of to go back to your thing of the clothes, I think that they're she's doing it for the white people and they're, I think, kind of maybe supposed to represent sin or evil a little bit uh, to how they're treated. The the black community is being treated by the white community, possibly. We need to read more about Zora Neale Hurston because of this. Because I don't know how she actually views this, whether she meant this ironically or not. Because I'm sure you know that of the Ten Commandments, the original Ten Commandments, Keep the Holy Day Sabbath is the only one that is not specifically reiterated after being fulfilled in the New Testament. 
So therefore, do we actually need to keep the Holy Day Sabbath? And this is a hot topic between many different branches, right? You have the Catholic Church that says, yes, you must keep it spiritually. Others are saying, no, you don't have to keep that specific day Sabbath, but you do need to make sure that you worship and give time to God. I don't know where Zorndale Horston lands on this, but this is definitely an area of criticism where it's just like, okay, well, did she really take a day of rest here, or is that an issue from a religious standpoint? And I think, too, is she knows that she needs to earn the money to be able to keep her family going. Does one letting your family suffer? Is that a greater sin? And she knows that she's going to suffer more hardships at the abuse of her husband if she doesn't make this money and, and be able to help provide and do because he's going to, you know, come back twice fold on her as a result. Let's move into our third point then, right? So we did laundry, which is race oppression. Two was religion oppression. And three is the marriage oppression, right? With Sykes having abused her for 15 years. And it's a very unequal relationship between Sykes and and Delia. And she just kind of suffers it. She's kind of being painted to be a very biblical woman. And in the Bible, marriages are not 100% equal in terms of, of maybe how we look at at marriages today, right? Yeah, and I, this is not just a uh, a biblical thing. This is a worldwide historical thing that has been a precedent for 10,000 years in most societies across history where women were seen as inferior and they were expected to do the domestic work and be obedient to their husbands and be very, very loyal. And this is portraying that pretty much spot on, right? That she's going to endure all these terrible hardships um, and have very little happiness or peace in her life well and it's she views her value is she's the one that pays for the home she's the one that's doing the hard work by the sweat of her brow genesis 319 she is the one that is is going to work hard as a biblical woman right and you'll notice we have no other white people in this story but we have other black people we go to the town and i got the impression i don't know where you were but they didn't seem as oppressed and they even pitied Delia too, right? Oh, that poor Delia. Her beauty is being removed from her. They don't talk about they talk about her hard work, but but it's more about her beauty and youth is being taken away from her by Sykes. Yeah. This is kind of heartbreaking and a little bit humbling too to think even in the story written by a woman that something as I don't want to say trivial, because that kind of demeans it, but something as superficial as beauty and looks in such a heartfelt story and such an important story, I feel like comes to the forefront or actually takes a chunk of time out of the story itself. And you're like, oh, there's so much more deeper meaning here than just being pretty, (laughs) right? Um, No, I I think I took it a totally different way because this wasn't me expressing, this was town people talking of, this is how we project onto her what her value is. I, I didn't take it as that's what Zora Neale Hurston thought a woman's value was in a relationship. If anything, it's kind of mocking it that this is what men think it should be. Okay, so she's trying to point out this is all men talk or think about when women aren't around. <laughs> that, that's what men talk, right? And, yeah. And then men. Bertha is is the woman, and she's kind of portrayed as sloth-like, kind of one of the sins anyway. So if, if Sykes is going to be our devil, oppressing her, pushing her on religion in, in the marriage, the class thing, even stomping on the laundry. Like he's oppressing her completely. He's complete evil in the story. He's attracted to sin, Bertha, who is the sloth-like sin in this story. So would you say that Delia, when she was young and beautiful, would have been envy? 
We would need to know more about their backstory, I feel like. That's that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. It'd be very interesting yeah. to tackle that, but she's already probably tackling enough in this short story. Yes, <laughs> Come on, Zora, you can cram more in there. You're awesome. <laughs> so how does how does our girl Delia handle this, right? So in terms of the laundry oppression, she does it without really complaining, right? She's she's the biblical woman that works that works hard. In terms yeah. of the marriage, by the sweat of your brow, she she's will have loyal. the food. Yeah, yeah. She will, she's loyal. She works. She's described as meek. But then there is that one time where she does stand up to him with the skillet, which is traditional, you know, woman symbols of the kitchen representing the woman. She's grabbing the 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 woman's weapon, the kitchen, the skillet to to skillet. send him off, and and kind of puts him off in that one place where I think he's starting to realize he's going to have to escalate something in order to kick her out, which leads towards the snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing to address, too, is just in terms of religion. She makes sure to keep up her religious duties of continuing church, coming home and then doing laundry. So she still is giving time to God. And like we said, we need to know more about what Zora Neale Hurston's view is on religion to really understand how she viewed Holy Day Sabbath and whether this was meant to be ironic. I feel it is a little bit uh, condescending a little bit, right? Because there are things that she does that are... Uh, not even expressed, but subtly they're throughout the story that she doesn't divorce him. He's openly cheating on her. She knows, the whole town knows, yet she doesn't leave him because of the obligation of a marriage, you know, till death do his part, for better or worse, and she stays with him, doesn't try to get a divorce when it may be possible and life may have been worse off for her, but she's taking a brutal beating from this awful person. I mean, how much worse besides maybe losing her life could it get? Uh, so I, I think there's a really good argument for that, 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 that I think Hurst, that's the way Hurst invented to so be. Out of this, we have the epiphany where she just escaped the snake, which had been put on the laundry by Sykes to kill her, to escalate because, you know, she stood up to him. She He's not able to get her out and he wants to move on with this other sin, the sloth, uh, if you will. Finally, she grew quiet. And after that coherent thought. With this stalked through her a cold, bloody rage. Hours of this, a period of introspection, a space of retrospection, then a mixture of both. Out of this, an awful calm. So to me, this is Delia is is having her realization of what she has to do. And it's in coherent thought, not spiritual praise or spiritual thought, coherent thought. A cold and bloody rage. So she's not being even, but she is using anger in this moment is, is a fair way of putting it. And if she were a spiritual woman, okay, so here's the question. This man that's been oppressing her, she probably hates on some level, I would assume, is walking in, <laughs> walking in, right? Yeah. He hears, she hears him calling out her, right? Like they say, there's dialogue in here that she hears, which means that if she wanted to speak, she could speak and stop him, but she doesn't, right? This is her coherent thought, her bloody rage that is allowing him to go forward and I think this is going back to some of the views of religion can't save you. You have to save yourself, in a sense. And that's her taking these actions. They said that she couldn't move her legs, but that doesn't mean that she couldn't use her voice. And if you think about it, throughout this whole piece, what has she not had access to? Her own voice. Her voice. And she doesn't use it here again, but this time it's to save herself. It's on purpose. We had the reference about heading up to Calvary which was where the crucifixion happened. And here she is heading to her Calvary and she doesn't, she doesn't sacrifice herself. She doesn't die for the sins of others. She allows him 
to let his own sins consume him and kill himself. So he, she is not the Christ Jesus-like figure in the story. She is the woman that finally saves herself as opposed to the Lord saving her, I think, is what, is what you would describe it as. Because even the snake was described as sloth-like here in the same way that Bertha was described as sloth-like with moving. So I guess with the end of the story, uh, I took a lot of symbology from the sunrise at the end that Delia is being victorious over Sykes. Uh, he's representing evil. If she's representing good, that the sunrise is kind of washing away that final uh, evil and that she has succeeded in regaining her life to some some degree is kind of how I took the end of the story. And I definitely think that there's nothing there to say, oh, this is all about, you know, her religious story or anything. It could just be as simple as good versus evil and not so much taken from a biblical stance. I think it's there and somebody can make an argument, but I think you can easily, as we've done tonight, argue against that as well. Well, I also remember this quote. This is this is a famous last quote, and I remember us talking a lot about it during class many, many years ago. But the quote is, she could scarcely reach the China berry tree, where she waited in the growing heat while inside she knew the cold river was creeping up and up to extinguish that eye, which she must know by now that she knew. So you'll notice the word or version of knew, know, was used three times in this sentence. So in the same biblical respect of Genesis, working by the sweat of your brow, a snake creeping into the garden representing, uh, you know, saying, hey, why don't you take this fruit apple? And uh, with this knowledge, you will be freed is, is kind of the story of Genesis, right? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of religious parallels here. I think it just could be seen more as morals as well. Well, hang direct. on, hand. You're, don't, don't sell it short. The China oh. berry tree. You live You live in Florida. Do you guys have China berry trees in Florida? I don't think so. They're not native. And guess yeah. what happens to that fruit if you eat it? You die. It's poisonous, right? Yeah. So she has a very almost unique flavor here with the, the idea that if you try to take this knowledge yourself in the biblical sense, that it's poisoned. You have to save yourself, I think, is, is her view from a womanhood perspective of kind of like what Delia did here. I like that. That's good. Okay, well, let's wrap this up with our ratings, and maybe we'll just do a quick comparison to the yellow wallpaper for those that have read that as well. All right, so for ratings on this one, we usually do two ratings, one for pure enjoyment and one for analytical, and I'm going to go for a solid nine on both of these. I felt like this one did a great job of cramming in a lot of information, and I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought she did an amazing job taking her, you know, main character, and she just built layers upon layers, and you have this very strong woman, and she's able to tell an incredible story and talk about religion and race and morals and also use incredible writing style and able to do that. So I really, really enjoyed this story. I'm going to go with a nine for both. I think I really enjoy this. I really enjoy exploration of language and bringing out the tone of the moment like they do in the vernacular here and the high prose that that lets you know the intelligence behind the scenes. The introspection is much different when you're doing that. I, I enjoy that a lot. Obviously, William Faulkner, one of my favorite writers, and I feel I got a good feel for that here with with that exploration. And then analytically, like we said, this is just jam packed and done well. So nine out of ten for both of these for me. Right now, just a little add on at the end, since we said we wanted to do this to compare to the yellow wallpaper. Let's talk real quick, just real quick. Both of these women had structures put onto them. One was forced by the husband or doctor into bed rest, 
and the yellow wallpaper. And here we had the white community with the workload and the abusive husband and the usage of religion here as well. Which one do you feel like had more direct pressure put onto them that you could feel as a reader? Personally, I felt, I guess, more for Hurston because hers is more a physical pain and that I can relate to easier. I guess I can empathize with that a little bit more. And for the yellow wallpaper, it's more of a mental anguish. So that one I think is harder to empathize with. Particularly for a short story to be able to paint that well, that's that's a difficult challenge. Now for the symbols of the cages, we had the yellow wallpaper and we had Sykes with his uh, snake in the wire covered box. Which one did you like better as a kind of symbol of oppression in the story? And that one, actually, I think I like the yellow wallpaper because walls, I think they represent cages for a lot of us. We talk about in everyday life, you know, putting a cage or a wall around your heart, putting up a wall or barrier between your friends that seems to symbolize or you can imagine that in your brain or that happening in your own life. So I think actually that story does a better job than than Sweat. Uh, but I, I think Sweat was going for a different kind of thing. Uh, theme or tone with their cage so to speak yeah i agree i agree i agree i I think they have different different goals and different results but i i think i felt in a similar way where the symbols in the yellow wallpaper were probably a little bit more they'll stay with me longer i feel like when i when i see a a yellow wallpaper i'll probably be like (laughs) yeah now both now both of these women had to save themselves right in yellow wallpaper she rips down the wallpaper at the end kind of tries to make her husband see things and here we have delia who doesn't stop the snake from attacking her husband which one did you kind of feel like had a bigger triumph at the end i feel like i feel like delia did because she had been doing 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 for sykes her whole life and now she has to not do and that goes against her i think character of being this subservient wife and doing what she's been told and and She's a go, go, go getter. And now she just has to stand back and do nothing. And that's not like her at all. Um, Where I think in the yellow wallpaper, um, we see the exact thing that the main character has to happen, happen. So it's not as, I guess, big as twist in the story. Yeah, it's definitely not as big as a twist. And I actually kind of prefer the yellow wallpaper approach where you saw her lead up to this moment where Delia's... I feel like it wasn't, it was definitely more shocking, and that may be good or bad. But for me, I just preferred almost the yellow wallpaper the way it was leading up to her, ripping down the wallpaper, destroying the cage around her, I thought was was more rewarding emotionally for me. So you felt it was more satisfactory for the ripping of the wallpaper than the doing nothing and letting the snake? I do. I do, because cause, cause when... So it took me a while to actually remember a lot of the conversations that we had in our class. And as I was reading this fresh anew this time, I, I'm, I'm the sucker where I was like, oh, she's the, like when I read the, you know, the Calvary and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, she's the Christ-like figure. She's suffering. I, I didn't remember how it ended. And when she doesn't act like the biblical woman at the end, I was like, what? Like what, what's going on? And I had to really think and, and really work through that before I realized this twist was intended and it is intended to be that women have to save themselves. It took me longer to get there. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. All right. Now, last question I have in terms of motivations. Now Sykes got power probably from, from abusing others, stomping on the clothes, uh, maybe absorbing some of the sloth like attributes of the snake in a Bertha. 
What did you think about uh, Sykes' motivations as opposed to the motivations of the husband of wanting to help his wife but actually oppressing her? I think that they're, I think that they're both selfish and they're just going about this in different mm. ways. Mm-hmm. I think that mm. Sykes is obviously just wanted, you know, a pretty little thing, and now that he's broken her, he doesn't want her anymore but he still has to deal with her. And I think that in the yellow wallpaper, it's kind of the same thing where he's like, eh, well, I I can kind of, you know, get rid of her in this way and still pretend like I'm trying to help and I love her. But I think they're both very, very selfish individuals. And I would say that's almost equivalent where one is Mm. more physical and one is more mental. Uh, But then you could flip it the other way and I think you can make the same argument and say, well, one is just as physical and one is just as mental as, you know, because... The bringing in the snake is very mental, right? I mean that that's that's him definitely messing with her psyche. So uh, I think I think they're about the same. I like that answer. I like that answer. For for me personally, what I would have said is the I had a harder time. I felt for the yellow wallpaper character more, but it was hard for me to hate the man. Maybe because I am the man. I don't know. Like maybe that's a limitation of myself. But because he wasn't doing it on purpose, but he was still causing harm, I didn't hate him as much. It's it's impossible not to be like, yeah, I hate Sykes. Like, right? Like, he's a terrible person abusing his wife, flaunting around this girl, like, trying to kill his wife. Like, he's clearly an evil person. That made it easier for me to hate him in terms of motivations as opposed to, you know, the yellow wallpaper. You're like, well, he, he needs to be educated, right? Like, he, he can be a better person, and he probably would be if he knew. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But that, that's kind of, that's where I took it as a reader. Oh, I like that answer too. I guess I just thought, you know, the husband is doing this and even though he doesn't know any better, does that make him any less evil? <sighs> that's I deep. Yeah, I don't think you can answer yeah. it, but. I, I don't think there is going to be an answer, but I do think, yeah. I do think that the, the, re, the road to redemption looks very different between these two, right? Oh. Because, yeah. because one is choosing evil and one is causing evil, but doesn't necessarily choose the evil, right? Not intentionally, yeah. So I, I like think there are very different ways to address those two. But the end result, to your point, is they both result in evil. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up because I know that, that I, I we were originally going to read Sweat here in February of next year. I relocated it to, to now because I wanted to compare that to Yellow Wallpaper. So I appreciate that time. And I thought that was a, a fun little comparison. Oh, that was great. I enjoyed that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for checking. I know this is a little bit longer than usual, but we really did love this story. We really do enjoy it. And we really hope if you haven't, you are considering going out and reading it because this was a very important and smart piece of literature that you guys should check out. Please consider subscribing to discuss more literature with us on this journey. Una out. Peace.